transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. I guess we're going then. All right. All right. It's an episode of In Tune. It's hosted by Lucas and a new co-host, Avi. I don't know. Dear listener, uh, I just I just gestured towards the screen as if it was a <laughs> as if it was a visual medium. But, I'm gonna try uh, to make my voice as uh, distinct as possible uh, so that you can differentiate between uh, Lucas and I. Uh, the the <laughs> listeners have been doing it for a while with me and Jared. Although Jared Jared sounds a bit different. Than us. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm uh, filling in big big shoes. Oh yeah, eh, yeah. yeah not that big. <laughs> we're we're gonna talk. Oh god, we're we're gonna be talking about just some music and stuff that we threw back and forth here. So uh, only mm-hmm. only start off with a big one, the Strokes' new album, which we were talking about okay. was slightly controversial. Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, their first album in seven years, like full LP. They did a little EP a few years ago, but I mean, you know. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are familiar with the Strokes. They've been playing music for like what 20 years or so, maybe even a little bit longer. Yeah, I looked back at their discography. It's like their first mm-hmm. album was released in 2001. Yeah, at least full album. Right. Yeah, that's 19 years of making music, and I feel like when you're doing it for that long, and then you have a little hiatus like of seven years, when you like release that album, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of hype. It's like, all right, are they gonna like, you know? meet that expectation that that they're putting out and the reason why like we're talking about it's like controversial uh pitchfork gave them a 5.7 review so you know this is this is something i mentioned before we started recording but i think pitchfork is bullshit (laughs) i really i really don't like how they review stuff and it feels like you have to be making a very specific kind of music to get highly regarded by pitchfork Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to begin like a six or mm-hmm. like a five or somewhere in there. And it feels yeah. like the vast majority of their reviews. Yeah, I mean, Pitchfork essentially in their review said that The Strokes flopped with their album. And, you know, we'll talk about the actual album itself, but like, it, I think that they were expecting like this grand, like, you know, this, this album that like answers all questions and everything. It's like, I think you have to remind yourself that this is The Strokes. Like, this is just like a, this is a casual band that makes yeah. like, legit you know music that you can just like rock out to you don't need to think about it too much i think pitchfork was like expecting it to be this like really like you know uh you know just insane uh profound thought-provoking yeah exactly it's like "Mm, you gotta remind yourself so uh lucas why don't you talk about like uh what stood out to you with this album so i I, I liked it i mean like I mentioned this to you. I'm not a big Strokes fan. I never really have been. They, I've never disliked them, but I've, I was never a huge fan at all. So like going into it, I was like, I sort of knew what to expect. And listening to some of their older stuff, I was like, the, I realized they really set the tone for some of the sort of like indie alt rock that's been going on in the past like decade. They were doing that in like the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. It feels like some, like stylistically, a lot of people have been riding their coattails. So, like listening to this, I don't really, I don't really get where the criticism's from. It sounds like the Strokes, maybe with a bit more synth going on in a few songs, and like mm-hmm. the song structure is a bit different. Like, if I could point out one song in particular, "Selfless," 
that was probably my favorite on the album because it was like mm-hmm. very mellow, sort of down tempo. It, it was it was pretty smooth. Yeah, the vocals on that one was insane. His, yeah. his like vocal range uh, is just like the fact that he can go so low and then so high and maintain that for so long is just like whoa. He is a Julian Casablanca is, is insane. Fantastic. Singer. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's like and. Honestly, like I only realized that Julian Casablancas was the lead singer of The Strokes when he featured on a Daft Punk album. Like that's how <laughs> right? disconnected I am from them. Like that's, mm-hmm. but going through the whole thing, I mean, looking at like bad decisions, like that totally reminded me of like a vintagey rock song specifically. Yeah. Until you get to the end and there's a cool sort of like like interlude before the next song, and this is a good album. To me, it's not a five point seven album. It's like a I would give this like a pretty like strong seven or eight mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Yeah. You can make it, you can make an argument either way. It's sort of down to tonality. If you can't, if you expect something to be like, if you go into something expecting it to be moving and like triumphant and everything you, everything you ever dreamed of, you're always going to be disappointed. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the synth. This is what made this album stand out to me a little bit more than their other albums is like they're, they're kind of introducing a few more uh, instrumental elements to it, the synth specifically, and they have some tracks like At The Door with like just insane sound. And I'm not even yeah. like that into synth. This album makes me appreciate the synthesizer. And, yeah. like, and most of the other stuff that we're even talking about on the podcast is a lot of like synth heavy music. Like, yeah, much more production heavy. And I feel, mm-hmm. and I, I, I listened to something a while back where it was a band I really like called Metronomy. And they were, they were talking about how so much of music has shifted to the production-oriented like mm-hmm. music making. Now, it's not really a band anymore. In this case, you hear like the production, the synths, the drum machines, but it's not detracting from the band members actually performing and actually playing the instruments. Yeah. It's, that, that's what I liked about it. It was, it was supplemental. It wasn't taking over. Like in, a lot yeah. of, in a lot of the songs, the synth wasn't played as like a grand soundscape, but it was filling in like a piano would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if um, if this is you know an okay segue to the parcels uh, EP. Oh yeah, totally. about Really like uh, makes me think of that when I first listened to that EP that you sent me. Uh, I know how I feel, which was put out uh, early, maybe just last week, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. So that that um, that EP, it's a live set of like it's sort of like an extended version of that one song off their mm-hmm. off their first album yeah yeah so listening to that was like you could really get a lot of the production vibe and just like the the, the like the synth drum machine like you were talking about but yeah. it's like perfectly balanced with other instruments that you would typically have in more of like a traditional band yeah uh like so i, w- I wouldn't watch yeah. i wouldn't watch parcels about a year ago and like mm-hmm. they have two synth players, but it's not a drum machine. It's just a really clean on point drummer. Oh, wow. He's and really? like they, yeah, it's, they're like a proper band setup. Like they got a dude playing the bass, dude playing guitar and like I'll have to send you their first album because it's on the money and definitely mm-hmm. the, the live version of that was a bit more production heavy, but like they're, it's, it's really on point what they've been doing. And, yeah. And what's interesting is that you can totally see the pieces of what they do that come from inspiration from the, from like the strokes and bands of that era. Mm-hmm. Because like parcels only came up like maybe two years ago. Like they even started making stuff. So. Yeah. And this EP in particular, it was so, it just 
I mean, I'm going to find myself listening to it a lot yeah. in the coming days. It's just like, it's, so like you said, it was one song from a previous album that they kind of like extended and recorded live in, in studio. Um, and what's so cool about this EP is that it is three songs, but it's essentially one song. It's, yeah. you know, a seamless transition from the first song, Red Line, into I Know How I Feel, which is like the main title, into the third part, which is elude um and it just was like when i first listened to the ep i wasn't like paying attention to the timestamp, and then i like went back and i noticed that oh it was already in the second song i was like yeah. when did that happen it's done <laughs> yeah that's that's so sort of the good. beauty of some of the live albums like um i'll have to send it to you but there's a artist that i really like named tourist and he he released all of his albums flow like that but he released a full album of a live set he did like two years ago and it is like you can you get and you can tell it was actually like live somewhere because you hear the crowd in the background and stuff and but everything's just very cleanly flowing together it's very it's, it's so, so cool. satisfying to listen to it and it takes yeah. it takes a lot of expertise to do it I think mm-hmm. one of the things that definitely is similar between the strokes album and like what parcels does is the sound is so full you know like there aren't gaps in it you can hear mm-hmm. everything going on but there's never like for lack of a better term, downtime, but like it's it's really filling the space that it's in. You can tell that seeing something like that live, like you, it would it would fit perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I could hear. I don't know how many members are in this band, but I could hear just like so many different instruments, especially yeah. in Redline, because the way that it's kind of set up, it's like building up. Each instrument comes in one at a time. Uh, the synth is first, and there's like the bass line and the drums, and like you know, so it's like maybe there are only like what four or five members. There's there's five of them, I'm pretty sure. Five, yeah. yeah. But it's like each instrument you can hear so well, and it just is like none of them are drowned out. Yeah, so, I think so. Cool. And even like sort of buying into that element further, there's in Redline, there's that like ba 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 that's going on through a lot of the song. That is just a looped sequence that's on a timer oh, yeah. pretty much that one of them is doing and <laughs> there's a ton of stuff like that through that little ep where it's just mm-hmm. making it sound like it's more and more and it's compensating for them not having it that's sort of having more people and more manpower that's the beauty yeah. of like production t- style stuff without drowning out everything else yeah that's so cool so you also sent me a oh a song that why is the name escaping me all of a sudden <laughs> junior by the corridors mm-hmm. and are they french yeah they're uh they're french canadian they're from montreal okay so uh, yeah i was thinking like i was thinking it's very it has sort of that same vibe as like the washed out song i sent you mixed with sort of the acoustics of what i'd expect from like the strokes from like some of their recent albums yeah or before this m- newer one it's that was that was nice. The airy vocals, the smooth mm-hmm. riff that goes all the way through the song. I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole album, but it's nice. I like yeah, it. I I sent you this song as a standalone, but the whole album. If you do like the song, and for anybody who's listening, you should check out the song. And then if you like the song, check out the album because the whole thing is just like you. I mean, I just remember listening to it straight through, and it was just like it was it had such a positive vibe to it. Yeah. Um, what really kind of like stood out to me with junior and with the band corridor in general is that like, so it, like you said, Lucas, it's in French, pretty much the whole album is in French. Maybe all of their music is in French, but 
it's so cool because it's like it's still the same sound as you would get from like any other band you know yeah. it's just like the words so it's like language doesn't really create that much of a barrier when it comes to like making music yeah so cool and just it like shows how universal music. it all is yeah exactly that really stood out to me and it's just was like wow what a good jam it was great oh yeah totally and this is another thing like listening to that i want i'm gonna definitely like listen to the rest of the album and but it, it's it's interesting that the song stands on its own but in an age of singles that we're in right now like pretty much all of pop music is single based. There's very mm-hmm. few large scale albums. It's more profitable for an artist to release a single every three months. And like a really good album that you can listen straight through and enjoy the whole thing. It's not an old fashioned thing, but it's something that I appreciate significantly when it comes around. I agree. Yeah. I think Whether that's the- in the form of or on Spotify, whatever. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is sort of like a, there's an element of, you know, putting on a record and letting it go through. Uh, yeah. And like, of so like, like you said, even if you're listening, like on a streaming platform, it's like to be able to like just stream one album for like 45 minutes or whatever. And just like to have the power of like connecting 10 or so songs into one coherent theme. Uh, I have some albums, maybe we'll talk about in a, in a different podcast, but like, albums that are like concept albums where it's like oh, yeah, every totally. song is a part of the whole and it's like that is so cool and so impressive and yeah just like that that add, actually be, that actually be a good subject for an episode concept albums. yeah oh, i'll yeah. save that one <laughs> uh yeah i have one on top of my head like andy Schaff's the neon skyline that came out a few months ago we should talk about oh, it yeah, totally. later podcast but yeah so it's just like for for music to be like single based kind of like it, it it's like you know it goes to show that like we have very short attention spans nowadays yeah like to to have a full album that's that's really cool so yeah the strokes the corridor and parcel you know like these bands clearly know how to uh just connect like oh yeah totally. their songs yeah there's nothing wrong with singles and like especially in the current music space it's important for artists to like build hype and stuff and then eventually mm-hmm. release an album but it's it just feels like with music overall, there's, and especially in specific genres, it's just like an artist that's made like a few hundred songs and like there's one album, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Let's, I think that's a great segue into uh, the song, The Difference by Flume and Toro Imo. Oh, dude. Flume, you, you know sent a lot me, about Flume. You, se- you sent me that and I got so excited. <laughs> I've listened to that song before and I love Toro Imo. And I love Flume. Flume got yeah, me yeah. into sort of the music space that I like now. Mm-hmm. So, like, before you talk about Flume, because I know you yeah. lot, I know you know a lot about Flume, but like, what I kind of know is just like the very, very basics is that Flume typically uh, kind of like collabs with a different artist, and yeah. like he does. I, I could be wrong, but like, does he put out like albums, or does he just do like a single with an artist and then move on to like a different? He, he does a mix of the two. Um, okay. He definitely has, as of late, I think in the past year or so, he's done a handful of like single releases. But the mm-hmm. beginning of 2019, he released a mixtape that was like 23 songs, all that mm-hmm. he made that flowed seamlessly between each other. And he's released like two or three other albums as well. But in between interspersed, he works with a ton of other artists. And yeah. even on those albums, there's a lot of collaborators. Mm-hmm. And 
like, and sort of the same thing with uh, Toro Imwa. He's released a handful of albums and he consistently works with other people, whether that's Flume, Chromio, I've seen him in a handful of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, but yeah, that song was so good. I, you know, it's one of those songs where like, you just like remember the feeling you get when you listen to it for the first yeah. time. It's just like so powerful, so good. And it's just like one of those songs where you just can't help but like dance a little bit. And also it's, it. it's short and sweet too. Mm-hmm. It, it's song structure is akin to like, like those short nineties rock songs yeah. more so than like an EDM piece. The, yeah. and it, it's, so this is what's interesting for me is that Flume has had like a weird sort of change as an artist. Right when he started, he was very like, he wasn't spending much money on his gear. He hadn't bought many sounds. He hadn't really set himself up with much. And he was very percussive, very aggressive. And then he released his second album and it was very smooth, very ethereal, very bright. And then as of recently, he sort of went back to his original style, which is sort of what we hear in the difference. It's way more hard hitting with its percussive samples. Like the drums in it are like, overblown sort of like exploding out the speakers and like the synth is very like scratchy mm-hmm. you know it's as if like the synth has like a vinyl effect over the top it's pretty it's pretty sweet and he's he's evolved a lot as an artist mm-hmm. specifically yeah. he works with chet faker from time to time and there's some of his best songs in that collaboration yeah the uh definitely um made me just kind of like inspired to check out some of his other music, but also I'm interested in checking out that album that you mentioned that like just flows. Uh, oh yeah, totally. Know. That one's called yeah. Hi, Hi, This Is Flume. It came out la- It came out the beginning of last year. On the money. That was one of my favorite releases last year. Yeah, that's awesome. And then Toro Moi is, you know, what I definitely knew him a lot better than I know Flume uh, just from all of Toro Moi's music. And that yeah. also is like so diverse. He, he puts he's out, done like, so much, so many different things. Yeah, his his, his style album. changes every album. Yeah, it's just so cool and just like really goes to show the I don't know just expertise that this guy has. Like on an and, old episode of In Tune, I talked about over the summer he released an EP of like four ambient songs he made with Smart Water. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's so cool. Like <laughs> I think it was called like Smart Music or something like that. And it's, it's, I was so just like confused by it, but he, mm-hmm. he's a phenomenal producer and his album Outer Peace that came out at the beginning of last year is really good too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You want to talk Wash Out? Some of the yeah, sure. relatively local people from where, from where oh, really? they're at. Where they're from, they're from down South. They're like, they're from Portland. I'm pretty sure. Oh it's yeah. An hour absolutely. away from us. Yeah. That's uh really legit. Um, yeah, you can tell with Washington. the music, it sounds like the it sounds like I'm walking through Portland, Oregon. Oh yeah, that's the vibe you get. Oh yeah, totally. That's cool. I definitely appreciated the song. It, I the only like songs that I was familiar with watched out before I listened to this one was some of their older stuff from like, uh, from like I think their album Paracosm, if that's how you pronounce it, like 2013, yeah, yeah. and yeah, that is that. such a different vibe than this song. Yeah. Back then, I feel like Washed Out did a lot of like more of like distorted, uh, more of like traditional band instrument based music. But this song that you sent was like definitely uh, the production was like super tight. It was really yeah. crisp. 
it was really like dreamy too yeah it was like very uh well-defined sound it seems like like they're going back to their or i don't know if it's a single guy at this point or if it or if it was ever a whole band okay i don't really i i've i've watched out has always like been on my peripheral sort of like the strokes since i since i really started getting into music and like i definitely listened to more of the strokes than washed out but life of leisure his his ep from 2009 it sounds a lot more like that than like Paracosm or Mr. Mellow's mm-hmm. two most recent albums. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely like a stylistic sort of backtrack. Not, not to say it's a bad thing. I, I like the song. I, I like the sort of um, the sort of Tom drums he's got going through it. It's very sort of like, sort of, it reminds me of a lot of like eighties, like ballads, excluding mm-hmm. how the vocals work, the vocals, the cool harmony going on, how he's, how he's repeating his own voice over itself. is sweet. Yeah. And these are all things that I didn't really necessarily pick up on, but you did because you do a lot of like music production and yeah. uh, that's something that's a kind of a hobby that you're interested in. Yeah. Which that's actually something important I wanted to briefly talk about is that we both try our best to make music in some, mm-hmm. in very different forms. Like yeah. I do production, like keyboard type stuff. You're a guitarist and vocalist. Yeah. So definitely can, more like singer songwriter yeah. sort of vibe. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I've, I've lived in the realm of like electronic production for like five years now, just really like I fell in love with it coming out of high school and like Mm -hmm. in my last year of high school and was like, Hey, this is, it's, it attracted me because it was really close to, it's the closest thing in my mind to like orchestral music in the modern day when it's done Mm -hmm. well. And when it's like super ethereal, it's, it reminds me of that. And I was a huge orchestra nut until like my last year of high school. But like your roots, you're way more like folky and bit, bit more, bit more down simple than, mm-hmm. than like what I yeah. listen to. I legit only have an acoustic guitar I'm working <laughs> on, you know, <laughs> acquiring other things. But for the last like 10 years, I've been, I've been playing guitar for like 10, 11 years or so. Um, but I feel like the only thing that I really need is a guitar. And, you know, as time progresses, I'd like to establish a little bit of like, a way to record it really nicely but like that's still like i feel like with just a guitar you can you can kind of get so many cool different sounds especially paired with like vocals and everything without having to layer like a ton of ton of tracks you can get a sound but also on the other hand the way that you produce music which is kind of like the opposite is like kind of incorporating a lot of different sounds yeah um, everything's complementary rather than like a yeah which, which you can get there's merit to both sides exactly and yeah. i feel like it's cool that we're discussing all of this music from those different perspectives that we totally. have you know? i mean like i mean like listening to your stuff when you're live streaming on your instagram it's it works i mean you don't have a mic or anything but just playing guitar and you singing it's very nice thank you yeah definitely that guitar is like the guitar is like so synonymous with music music culture at large it's just a beautiful instrument mm-hmm Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's definitely something that uh, it is for lack of like, I just don't have the right equipment for it yet. But um, I do have, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do a little self-promotion here. I have an Instagram account uh, for the name Lemon Leaf. That's that's the name that I produce music for. But uh, y'all also check it out if you're interested. And uh, um, yeah, that's that's my self-promotion ends there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll plug it one more time at the end of the show. <laughs> 
So we, I think we get one more, maybe one more to talk about. I think you sent me one more thing. Oh yeah, we talked about we talked about flume. We talked about the corridors. We talked about the strokes. Uh, touch sensitive. I sent you that EP as well. Mm-hmm. The uh, the thirty sixth level. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, that was legit. Again, it's definitely I, the most like electronic thing that we're talking about this week. That's yeah, that's definitely what I was gonna say. Like that in particular, I don't think I'd ever like seek that out on my own. Um, so to have you know, you asked me to listen to this to talk about. And I listened to it, and at first I was like, you know, the first song was like pretty good. But like as I was working my way through it, it really helped me appreciate not only like this band and the EP, but just the genre in general. The way that they like incorporate their instrumentation with the electronic sound, similar to Parcels, they like clearly have so much knowledge yeah. and it like musical knowledge and beforehand I was very naive when it comes to like listening to electronic music. I was like you know, because like I'm a guitarist, I don't like use any electronic, you know, thing at all. I was very like, you know, naive and was like, oh, if you're only using electronics, it's like not real music. You know, as a kid, that's like what I yeah, would yeah. say. Dude, like, I, I said the same shit until like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like this is like, whoa, it really like this proves me on all those levels. Yeah. So it's, yeah, this is like a really cool, like starting point for me. It's, to it's pretty, it's pretty funky too. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. calling back to the time period in like the seventies and like the earth, wind and fire type stuff. You got that mm-hmm. smooth bass line. The, the, the dude, Touch Sensitive, he's an Australian DJ primarily, but he produces his own music on the side. I think he has like, he's been working for like 20 years, but he's only released like one album and like two EPs. And oh, wow. he just tours and does DJ sets. But for this album, I know he used a Moog, which is kind of synthesizer that's synonymous with like old school funk music. Oh, cool! And it's where it's where that very like bouncy sort of baseline comes from. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from that kind of key, from that specific brand of keyboards. They have like a lockdown on some kind of filter technology for like the past fifty years. It's wild. That's so cool. Yeah, the baseline is was one of the things that really stood out to me with that EP. Yeah, specifically cool. in songs like um like you get to the end and there's a song called Stars, and it just it's very smooth. And I'll say because you're not super familiar with it, like that is not the better part of electronic music. It's such an oversaturated environment now. There's a lot of like clubby stuff, which I I hate. I can't do it. Why? What is it? What's about that? It's like? you, you know like it's the stereotype. You know, just like the uns uns uns. You get the there's a there's a kick there's a subwoofer and then there's like one keyboard line and there's no complexity and you just loop that over and over again. And there are DJs that do it really well. And there are DJs that hit a space bar once and then dance around behind like a turntable and don't do anything except for maybe a filter. Like, Mm -hmm. and there's more of that when it comes to producers than there is of anything else. So I think when I listen to more electronic leaning music, it's not to, it's not because it's like, it's like partying music. It's because it complements or expands upon the ideas of a genre that I already like. Hmm. Like I was raised on like Parliament and Earth, Wind and Fire and then some classic rock until like I discovered like the end up in Seattle, that radio station. Until I discovered them, I was just listening to classic rock and like 70s funk and like Muse. That was all I was listening to. And like it's that is my essence there when it comes to music and i really only listen to electronic music that actually takes stuff from other genres and uses it to complement it rather than just be hitting a space bar and just be like jumping around you know? yeah 
that's and it, it's a it's a fine line. You can really tell when somebody's doing that. So with stars, that that final song on that EP, you feel like he's able to pull it off in oh, a totally. different way. Totally, totally. It's um, it's got that. It's very. It's like swooping. It's definitely got that that funky bass line and just the mm-hmm. feel. It's sort of like what you described with the difference. It's one like the entire EP. You can just you can you can sort of feel yourself moving a bit to it, right? Yeah. It's like if you're if you're not feeling that. I sort of don't know what you're listening to, right? <laughs> like it's, I don't, I don't know where you're coming from. There's got to, there's something missing. No offense. If you don't like it. You don't like it. Listen to whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the things that we discussed were, I mean, they have common denominators, but a lot of them are pretty different Yeah, uh, which, in, in and of itself. And mm-hmm. let's just note to the listeners, in this case, this it's some new music, but then it's also stuff that we just like. I think we're going to be leaning a bit more towards and following up and following up future episodes. We're mm-hmm. going to try and lean more towards like staying in some kind of theme. This one was mm-hmm. more so. This is the stuff we like. This is the stuff. Yeah, that we we're down. With looking at it now, actually, pretty much all that's recent: the uh, Washed Out, Parcels, yeah. uh, Flume, uh, Throne Lot, and The Strokes all came out either in April or March yeah. of this year, and then uh, Touch Sensitive and Corridor were both from this past fall. And yeah, this is all pretty recent. It, it is. And we'll, yeah. we'll be we'll be trying to keep up with some like relatively new stuff. Maybe trying to talk about some other subjects in the music industry too. Like that concept album, we gotta do that. <laughs> like concept yeah. albums, like the commercialism of music. Yeah. Like pop, pop music sounds the way it does. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. There'll be more coming. Oh yeah. So, wanna wanna plug yourself one more time? You- oh yeah, Lemon Leaf. That's the Instagram account. It's like l e dot m o n dot leaf. Lemon leaf. You know, as they say in French. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Lucas. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, as your as your co-host here. Yeah, totally. We'll be we'll be doing it again, hopefully. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then for me, go ahead and just follow Old Heart Radio just on Instagram, Old Heart and Space on Twitter, and soon we'll be having a website. And yeah. There you so go. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks, guys. Cheerio.